0: Take a look on back A few decades past To a simpler time today When your kids were tied To a phone car right And the next show on TV So crank on up your Boombox jams And flip your
1: That's right, listeners. Welcome back to 80s High, the most spooktacular podcast out there that revisits the best TVs, movies, toys, video games, and pop culture from the 80s. We are your
0: hosts, as always. I am Ben. And I'm Chris. And this is 80s High. Welcome back, man. How's it going? It is great to see you. I don't know why it feels like a long time. Maybe just because we spent so much time together for a while. Rate. That not spending as much time together feels like a month, but it hasn't been that long.
1: No, it's been it's been ages. It's been several years, I think, since we hung out. I've lost track of time. Everyone knows during these times, time has no relevance. And also, having now watched a gazillion Ghostbusters episodes, time is often very distorted in that all is those
0: a plots. Fantastic point. That is a <laughs> great point.
1: So it's so true. Uh, it's not really eighties culture necessarily. I guess this started here with the movies, but I did go to a drive-in movie last night. Oh, that's uh, right, kids! Now that I live not so far from it, uh, it was awesome, and I saw the Batman. That's right. How was it? Fantastic! Batman is my third favorite IP in my life. Goes Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, Batman. There will be um, a quiz
0: later, everybody. So pay is a quiz. attention. Pay attention. This is very important. No, it's
1: awesome. Very different take, uh, but you know, like gritty, dark. It feels. I don't know how to say it. Like it feels chunky. It feels heavy. Like it's a movie with. It feels like it's possible. You know, it's not like super crazy high-tech stuff that Batman has. It's like, he's just figuring it out. It's year two, but it's good. I super recommend it. It was great. Nice. Any uh, feedback from Aaron on what he thought of the final product of our Garbage
0: pill Kids? I don't know if you listened to the episode, but Ben asked for a few of the cards from his collection and Aaron shared them, so you can go check them out on our social channels. His deck, you know, it looks well-worn as he mentioned, so... No gem mint tens out there that's going to net him many thousands of dollars. You, but s- you, you sent know. me a
1: link to some card that was like going for like $150,000. On no, it, w- it was
0: not a card. It was the entire set. Oh, the whole like set. The, it was a box, I think, from series one through 15. They had, I think, just one box of each. There's a hundred and fifty thousand dollars oh my god because you I don't know. even i mean they're just they're boxes you don't know what's inside you don't know what you're gonna get no you, yeah you, you, you never know what you're gonna get life is like a box of garbage pail Gar- kids you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> well,
1: who knew that this is where that was gonna go
0: to quote forrest gump
1: <laughs> <laughs> On our animated the real ghostbusters episode talking about garbage pail kids well just like When you saddle on up to the lunch counter in the middle of the day, sometimes you never really know what you're going to get if you don't pay attention to homeroom announcements. So uh, let's tune in and and pay attention.
2: Attention 80s High, I'm Jessica here to share today's homeroom announcements. If you hear something strange in the podcast world, who are you going to follow? 80s High Podcast. If you hear something weird, but it sure sounds good, who are you going to follow? 80s High Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter today's lunch menu will be a childhood favorite. Grilled cheese with tomato soup. The best part of waking up should not be Folgers in your cup. It should be, did the 80s high podcast drop another episode? Join the class of 80s high so that you can suggest show topics, send corrections on stuff we got wrong in episodes, and share other memories and opinions on the 80s, which we'll read on the show. Email 80s high podcast at gmail.com to join. That's eight zero s. As a friendly reminder, the Paranormal Club will be having their annual overnight stay and ghost hunt at the Abandoned Mansion on Elm Street at the end of this month. Make sure you have your permission slips in by Friday the 13th so that you don't miss out on all the fun. Just remember, whatever you catch, you keep. Tonight, the Fighting Mogwai's field hockey team takes on the Stay Puffed High School Monsters. But between you and me, I think they're all full of fluff. Thank you and have a tubular day. Go Mogwai's!
0: That's great. I mean, who didn't love tomato soup? That was like a staple. <laughs> and grilled cheese. Come on, who didn't like that? Well, and I, I'm hoping there's going to be a little high sea ecto
1: cooler for lunch today. It would be really my dream.
0: Spring a little surprise on us. You go reach for your chocolate milk, and oh my god! <laughs> oh my high god. C ecto coolers. With
1: Ghostbusters this week, I do have a bit of a curveball for you.
0: Oh, sorry. We're... And a jello mold, a green jello mold. You need the slime. You need oh, the, slime. the slime. The
1: slime. Yeah. Well, would it be green or pink?
0: Oh, it's pink that's ooze. true. That, that, that's more oozy. That would be like right. a, um, a smoothie or something. The raw
1: ingredient for chicken nuggets. If you've ever seen that video, the pink exactly. slime. <laughs> the, that's that what it is. is. It's pink slime. You're that absolutely right. Disgusting.
0: All right. So you got a curveball. We're not talking about the real Ghostbusters.
1: <laughs> We're talking
0: about What's the fake Ghostbusters. Ball? No, instead of history class, we are going down the hallway to
1: study and crack open Tobin's Spirit Guide. Oh, That's his, <laughs> the history class for this
0: year. My children will not be learning the occult in school, sir. <laughs> You will receive a harshly worded letter. But choose choose what you want. Ecto-1, one, Ecto-1A, one
1: Ecto-2, Ecto-3. Grab a vehicle, head on down the hallway, and uh, I'll meet you as we crack open this tome of the paranormal.
0: Did they ever make an Ecto-skateboard like what Marty McFly had? Is <laughs> there ever an episode with an Ecto-skateboard? I oh, don't know.
1: <laughs> I didn't watch enough to know for sure, but God, I hope so.
0: Uh, all right, <sighs> no, I'll see you know in it. Tobin Spirit Guide 101. Yes, perfect. First off, is Tobin real or is that a character that was made up in the Ghostbusters universe?
1: So confusing because now as after we watch some, like there's straight up H.P. Lovecraft mentions that go on later on. Like it's a little blurry of the lines. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't find a real Tobin spirit guide.
0: Okay. I would not put it past Dan Aykroyd to create this just as a purely fun Thing because he loves this stuff so much, but I was like, maybe it's real, and they're like referring to an actual thing. I don't know.
1: No, totally. And since we're not doing the movie, I didn't go into like a big history of Ackroyd. but we know Ackroyd's family was like very interested in the occult as a study, mm. as a doing seances and things, and that's where his whole interest and in all this came from and how he got Ghostbusters. You and I picked this again because we, uh, not coordinated, watched Ghostbusters Afterlife on a flight recently. We did. And we're like, oh, right. Well, that's contemporary. There's the Ghostbusters are in the buzz right now. And let's revisit not the on-the-nose Ghostbusters movie, but what came right afterwards that was also, I would argue, just as popular, but with kids. That's a bold claim. It's a bold claim. We'll see if it's too much. But here's the thing. You can't talk about Ghostbusters without talking about... The Ghostbusters. For sure. So before any of the Ghostbusters that we recognize as Ghostbusters, there was a live action sitcom on CBS, which debuted on September 6, 1975,
0: Mm -hmm. almost a decade before the movie called The Ghostbusters. Two words. Did you try and watch this? I did not. I mean, I, I was aware of it. I think we'll get to the reason I was aware of it, so I won't say it yet. Yeah, okay, but okay. I was aware that this other thing existed. I have not seen it.
1: Right. Okay, great. So, and this is important that we start here because you, you the fans, of course, know the movies, Ghostbusters. One word. We're talking about the animated series, weirdly enough, not called Ghostbusters, called the real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, wait a minute. There was a TV show that was called The Space Ghost Space Busters. What is happening? That's what we're getting into. So this series follows three, what I would call, bumbling ghost hunters. I watched one episode of this, and that's all I can handle. Okay. Spencer, Tracy, which is played by a man in a gorilla suit and wearing a little propeller hat. Sure. And Kong, who is not a gorilla. Kong is one of the other humans of the
0: three-person party. And King Kong, the character, was definitely around well before 1975. Yeah, that's. An odd choice, so but Kong okay. So
1: Spencer sure. the human, and Tracy the gorilla. All right, you know. And they work in this cruddy little downtown office. They're really bad at their jobs. Every episode starts off with, like, a huge ripoff from Mission Impossible, mm. where the gorilla, Tracy, <laughs> and another one of them, drive to, like, a random hardware store and they have to pick up a secret mission from this guy named Zero, who leaves tapes inside random objects like a I don't know like a toaster. And he tells them wow. where the ghost mission is, and then says like this message will self destruct. And the monsters they're chasing are kind of like the old Universal Studios lineup of monsters, the old you know Dracula, all that kind of stuff. Sure. So they have a ghost dematerializer that kind of looks like just a giant cartoonish camera. Okay. And I feel like you'd love this. This is very accurate to ghost busting they yell zap when they shoot a ghost with it. And that's how it works. It's very important.
0: Is the zap (laughs) functional like Expelliarmus or is the zap just a flavor text? Just some some flavor. To go back to Batman, old school Batman with Adam West. Kapowee, zang, boom. It's like if
1: you were shooting a laser gun and you chose to go pew, 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 right? Exactly. (laughs) That's what's happening here. Okay. And you think of what, what a Titan IP Ghostbusters becomes The Ghost Space Busters has just one season, and they filmed 15 episodes in nine weeks. Mm -hmm. That's it. So now we fast forward a little bit, nine years, June 1st, 1984. That's when Ghostbusters, the movie that all of us are pretty well familiar with, comes out. And Columbia Pictures had agreed to license the name from Filmation, who owned the rights to The Ghost Space Busters. So they licensed the name for $608,000... Which is $1.6 million today, plus 1% of the profits. So that's how they were able to name the movie Ghostbusters.
0: Well, there's an interesting little piece here. Yeah. And that is at Columbia Pictures, who was developing the movie Ghostbusters, the one we know. Right. There's an executive, Frank Price. He was there. He parted ways with Columbia and went to Universal Pictures to be the head of that studio and so he kind of brokered the deal for the studio he used to work with because did you see what they were going to have to call this movie if they didn't get the rights to ghostbusters no i didn't actually what is it amongst these wonderful titles imagine singing this song the ghost blasters that would actually have been better than ghost (laughs) stoppers Ghost stoppers. It's like a a door stopper. You know, you just, you put a little wedge under the ghost and they can't close. It's great. Stopping
1: makes me feel good. Ray Parker Jr. would have had a hard time with that one. Okay.
0: Ghost mashers. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I feel like that's a great, like, um, Halloween cupcake baking special, like competitive baking show, like mashers.
0: Or like you have to make the best mashed potatoes using ghost peppers or something. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Okay. There's a fun Thanksgiving event. I'm going to think about it.
0: And then the one that was mentioned, and the reason I brought this up earlier, the um, Movies That Made Us series on oh, Netflix yeah, has right. one about Ghostbusters, and they talked about this very thing. And the I think the one that they were going to settle on was Ghost Breakers. Ghost Breakers? Yeah. It's just none of those make any sense. I'm so thrilled that they were able to broker this oh deal, probably God. only because Frank Price changed studios, but yeah. it ended up working out.
1: I didn't know that thread. That's good. It it's is just,
0: weird. It's a great name.
1: Well, and you know, you never hindsight's twenty twenty, but like Ghostbusters just rolls off the tongue so easily, and like the other ones just feel so clunky.
0: I mean, Bustin' makes me feel good. Breaking makes <laughs>
1: me feel good. Like it just makes doesn't. Feel good. It's, yeah, it's a minor minor felony song. Is Parker would have song. had
0: a Bringin'. nightmare of a time trying to no, write that song. He hated
1: it. Yeah. So the deal was just about, hey, can we use the name Ghostbusters to make our movie? Filmation was like, fine, give us a little money. So after Ghostbusters comes out and blows up, Filmation is like, hey, we'll make an animated series for you about your Ghostbusters. And Columbia was like, no, (laughs) we're okay. We're going to go with Deke, though. Deke is really good at animation, and we want them to do an animated series based on the movie. And so Filmation took their ball and went home, and we're like, we're going to do an animated show, too. Ghostbusters. They're not going to call it the Ghostbusters, like the original live-action show. No, they're going to call it Ghostbusters, like the movie, but it's based on their, their old live-action TV show. So oh. confusing. Were you
0: confused by this? I didn't understand this nuance. I just... Oh, my God. ...saw that they the real in this cartoon was a way to kind of appease Filmation.
1: Oh, my God. So, Deke, Deke has been contracted by Columbia to make Ghostbusters animated, but Filmation comes out with Ghostbusters based on the gorilla ghost hunting group you know Tracy the gorilla and with Kong the human yeah so here's where it gets really salty though so Filmation does this animated series and they do 65 episodes in a single year coming out on September 8th 1986 just five days before Deke's animated show comes out Wow. So, like, within a week, Filmation's like, hey, everybody remembers our great live action thing, which nobody really remembered that. Columbia's like, oh, my God, now what? So, Deke renames it not because of litigation of, like, ownership rights, but just so audiences know there's a difference between the two Ghostbusters cartoons. So, you've got Ghostbusters and the real Ghostbusters by Deke and Columbia. Freaking confusing. My goodness. So... In animated Ghostbusters, I'm not going to get into every nuance of the plot, because we're not here to really talk about that one, but it's sort of the descendants of the original team. They now have a headquarters, Ghost Command, it's a haunted mansion, looks like it's nestled in between the World Trade Center. Now they're against a whole team of evil henchmen in the Haunt Quarters, which I thought was kind of fun. Oh, what's that catchphrase from the Ghostbusters we all love? In
0: the animated series?
1: Yeah, or the movie, like, you know, when you have a ghost problem, what are you going to do about it? Oh, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? So animated Ghostbusters was like, you know what, you know what's already going to be our awesome catchphrase? Let's go, Ghostbusters. That's a catchphrase. Really, I mean, we all remember that one, right? That really hits home with all of us.
0: I don't think anyone knows about this entire other franchise, No, quite they frankly. have
1: no idea. They have no idea. They did toys also. Uh, but frankly, Filmation's animation did really poorly because it was really confusing between the two animated series. And the real, based on the very successful movie, just did much better.
0: Oh my God. This is like that phenomena. Remember the knockbusters that we talked about? It like is. totally. They make totally. the fake shows totally. and they kind of release around the same time as the main property to confuse people. Yes. To like Jurassic. Um... Well, you can just go like Cretaceous Park. Oh, Cretaceous Park. Yeah, that's a good Park.
1: It feels just
0: like that. I mean, to be fair, they had the name first, and they did exist first. Sure. But there's a little bit of a, a rivalry, it feels like, going on here.
1: hundred percent. You were the first to the line. You're not doing it the best. It's time for someone else to take over. But let's talk about the cartoon
0: show, which is what yeah, we're really here to see. let's get to the real topic. Forget this, to this, this. would be, this would This would-be franchise, exactly. Great.
1: For anyone who's out there, I know you put a plug like this in Garbage Pail Kids. If you go to ghostbusters.fandom.com... You are going to learn everything you've ever wanted to know, ever, about the Ghostbusters. The real Ghostbusters toys, cartoon, movies. This was like the most amazing repository on an IP I've ever found in my life. Nice. Uh, So it's a great site. So the real Ghostbusters debuts on ABC on September 13th, 1986. As a reminder, five days after Filmation's Ghostbusters. Come on. And it runs for seven seasons with 147 episodes, which is pretty robust. Now, the episodes are not of short. They're like 21 minutes, 22 minutes you yeah, saw.
0: Your typical half hour show, take out the commercials. Yeah.
1: Now I'm going to do one of my things I love the most, and I know you love when we do on this show, is I just copy and pasted the entire cast from IMDb, and I'm going to just go through everyone's resume for all seven seasons.
0: That sounds fun. <laughs> well,
1: because this is the thing. The highly popular movie just came out, and nobody from the movie is in the animated series. Completely different voice cast. But I do want to run through some of the stars. Because, I mean, again, kind of like we got into, we discovered with Dino Riders, they're heavy hitters here, which is awesome. For sure. So Peter Vankman in the first two seasons, played by Lorenzo Music, voices Garfield. He was on Tailspin, Gummy Bears, one of your favorites, Darkwing Duck. And he actually ends up voicing Larry the Crash Test Dummy in those PSAs.
0: I'll just tell you this much. Close your eyes, listen to an episode of the Real Ghostbusters. You will think Garfield from yes. the animated series is on the show. It is the exact same voice. Yes. It's kind of ridiculous.
1: I'm jumping in advance a little bit, but um Bill Murray actually remarked about the animated series that he's like, my character sounds like Garfield. And then Could it's us
0: Exactly. Yep. Goes, exactly. Yep. I thought that was great. Because the dude used the same voice. Right. It's so good. I mean, we're gonna get to it. I thought that was a little bit lazy, but please let's good. go forward. But Lorenzo doesn't stick around. Did you see who replaces Lorenzo music as
1: the voice of Peter Bakeman? A Mr. Dave Coulier. You're listening right now and you're like, God, that name sounds familiar. Who is that? That's Uncle Joey, Gladstone from Full House. Yeah. Voices Peter Bakeman for most of the show.
0: I will say that his voice sounded more like closer to the Bill Murray. Yeah. Voice than yeah. Garfield. But yeah, yeah. He gets
1: he gets a lot closer. He's got a good one. Egon Spangler, another one of the biggest voices in voice acting, uh Maurice Lamarche, which who might people know him most from?
0: I actually have no clue.
1: The Brain from Pinky and the Brain. Okay. He voices like a gazillion people on Futurama. He was in the tick, Tiny Toon Adventures, hmm. Freakazoid. He's sort of like an early nineties voice that like carries
0: through. Yeah.
1: Race Stance and Slimer and Stay Puffed are all voiced by Frank
0: Welker. Mr. Frank Welker. He's back again. MVP, voiceover, actor, the man of Hollywood. Can you remember on Transformers which ones he was? I don't know if I remember his Transformers voices. Uh, does he do the main Decepticon guy? Megatron, yeah. Okay, I don't remember who else. Galvatron and
1: Soundwave. He was Fred Jones on Scooby-Doo. That's like where the big breakthroughs, right? I thought you'd also love knowing what kind of video games you like. He voices Shao Kahn a reptile in the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Oh. Which I thought was great. Now, here's a really interesting one. We've gotten through three of the Ghostbusters. We're I'm missing sorry, the Ghostbusters, right? I'm sorry,
0: you forgot. Sorry, yes, no, go Emperor back to Krullus. it. Emperor Benjamin, you fool. <laughs> you forgot my best performance yet <laughs> as Emperor Kroolos on the Dino Riders. <laughs> Still what your best performance. How dare you, you rob do. me of the chance to destroy my vocal cords and do that <laughs> fantastic Emperor Krulos. I voice. honestly thought so you were going to say
1: Garfield because he comes back and voices Garfield on The Garfield Show later in the 90s. Like oh, the, wait, Wilker Garfield. does? Wilker does? Whoa. But I like oh, that one wow.
0: I did not expect all the Garfield connections, my goodness. A lot of Garfield in this.
1: We're missing one of our four Ghostbusters, and that's Winston Zedmore. Yeah. And this one is interesting because this is the only actor who actually came and auditioned. Ernie Hudson. Does audition
0: for Winston Zedmore. So folks, imagine this. You're Ernie Hudson. (laughs) Right. You just came off of, I mean, this is a year after, like within a year, right, of the movie. Big success out of the game. Huge success. You go in and you're like, I am Winston Zedmore. Thank you very much. I'd like to (laughs) audition for this role. And they are like, we're going to hard pass. (gasps) Hard pass. That is rude. So rude. And did you see who got it? Arsenio Hall. Well, for for the first three or four seasons? seasons?
1: For three seasons. Arsenio Hall of Arsenio Hall show fame and coming to America.
0: Well, so what's really interesting, and this is what I was thinking about. So the guy, and I don't remember his name, who does Egon, the guy who Uh, voiced it, he said he was told. Okay. He said he was told not to do an impersonation of Harold Ramis. And he's right. like, I ended up doing it. And so I almost wondered did they want a little bit of separation oh, from the show to maybe. just be like, okay, we don't want. And Ernie Hudson would, of course, sound like Ernie Hudson because he just has yeah. a very distinct voice. And so I wonder if that's why. But that still just seems like a jerk move.
1: Which is such a bummer. Like Ernie Hudson has been one of the staunchest campaigners to bring this yeah. property back. You know, after Ghostbusters 2. He's, like, done all this stuff, trying to get Ghostbusters 3. He, he does a bunch of Comic-Con appearances. It's almost like the guy who played Starbuck on the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. He's always like, bring bring it back, bring it back. And finally, they bring it back. He's a terrorist when it comes back. He's I mean, he's not again. a good
0: guy, but he does a fantastic job. And he, does, he gets to come back. I will say this much. I think Ernie Hudson... Dodged a bit of a bullet. I'll just say that much. Ooh, okay. So,
1: so anyway, and then so seasons four through seven, Winston Zedmore is voiced by Buster Jones, who was in GI Joe. He was Blaster on Transformers. He's in Super Friends, Batman the Animated Series, great show. Two more characters because I know both of them are near and dear to your heart for different reasons. Janine Melnitz. Janine. Seasons one and two. Ghostbusters. What do you want? Oh, See? so good. That is my Janine, which we're gonna get into here in oh, just a second. Oh yes. So Laura Summer from The Garfield Show also, and Digimon. You're probably too old for Digimon by the too time old. Digimon came out. Too old. But then uh, replaced for season three and forward, and I'm going to get into the details of why here in oh, a minute, yeah. by uh, Kath Suchi, who voiced Linka on Captain Planet. Wind! Wind! Is who she voiced on Captain Planet.
0: I think I was even too old for Captain Planet, sorry. Oh,
1: man. That's all right. Lola Bunny. Uh, she was in Mighty Max. She was Dexter's mom on Dexter's Laboratory,
0: uh, she's the oh, I thought going to say Dexter's mom on Dexter. Darn it. Okay. On, on
1: Dexter. chief. Yes. She is very close <laughs> to a homicidal maniac. She's also, again, on one of your favorite shows of all time, Darkwing Duck. So she's mm-hmm. got a great resume, Kath, coming in. But we're going to talk about Kath's performance. Last but not least, Lewis Tully eventually shows up in the show. He's not in most of it. And he's voiced by Roger Bumpus, maybe one of the most famous voice actors of modern times. He is Squidward Tentacles on SpongeBob SquarePants oh okay season one goes great season two starts to decline viewership is going down so and columbia bring in q5 consulting uh. to do a
0: bunch of focus groups and surveys and
1: find out how can we bring ghostbusters back
0: this just sounds like a bunch of weasels and suits coming in
1: it's not good you know this is where uh, lorenzo music is going to be replaced by dave coulier for peter venkman but really, uh, Janine is a big thing. So this mm-hmm. Q5 comes in, and here's, here's, here are the things they say that get carried
0: through into the
1: changes in season three.
0: I am going to put an emphasis here. This is how they ruin the show. Please continue. <laughs> I'm being serious. Go for it.
1: So Ray's character gets slimmed down, so he's not so overweight and chunky. That's one thing. Whatever. They slap a tail on Slimer instead of having a little butt nub. For reasons, for reasons, I really would have loved to be a fly on the wall in the, in the feedback like, group. What needs to change? Like...
0: How are we going to get more kids? Well, if he's got a little <laughs> froyo tail rather than just a bump in the back, I think the kids are going to love it. What do you say,
1: froyo tail? Right at that boys.
0: So good. Oh my gosh! Uh, but here's
1: where it gets weird: is Janine? They really mm-hmm. mess with Janine a lot. So mm-hmm. they change her hair from short and spiky to long and straight her design was softened as was her personality. So you lose that, that shop New Yorker who's sort of like whipping them into shape and keeping them in line
0: to make her more motherly.
1: Exactly. More motherly. You know, my, my own uh, chemistry class is starting to leak out in here, but I just find the new Janine pretty shallow, pretty materialistic. And just like in the movie, Janine sort of has a crush on Egon. And in the movie and in seasons one and two of The Real Ghostbusters, she's sort of subtle about it. You know, she's complimentary. She's helpful, that kind of thing. But kind of stops there.
0: Yeah,
1: Janine in season three, four is like fawning over him. It's really uncomfortable. And it takes them until season six, three seasons later, to do an episode called Janine, You've Changed, to try and explain why she changes so much from season two to season three in the rest of the series. What else did you see changing about Janine from two to three?
0: No, it's not about Janine. It's about the characters in general. Oh, please, yeah. The the concept was like, each Ghostbuster is going to have a thing. Oh, yeah. And the thing they made for Winston Zedmore's character was to be the driver.
1: Yeah, this was the writer's biggest criticism of this, uh, Straczynski. J. Michael Straczynski, yeah. Exactly. That was his criticism of like, so Egon is obviously the brain. Ray is like the hands. He's the mechanic. Venkman's, of course, the mouth. But then Winston, the only black character, is the driver for everybody?
0: Straczynski was ticked about this. He, he said this was sexist and racist, and I completely agree. This was yeah. a trash move.
1: Bad moves. And they actually went back and redubbed some of Peter and Janine's dialogue from seasons one and two with Kath Suchi and Dave Coulier. Can you imagine, like, if they just went back and, like, edited over your dialogue?
0: Yeah, that's kind of... Garbage. I know they did that on Seinfeld a little bit. Like, oh, interesting. Larry David had voiced Newman's character off screen in a couple early seasons, and they went back and had Wayne. um Wayne Knight. Thank you. They had Wayne Knight go back and redub them. So, in some versions of the show, oh. you'll actually hear his voice rather than. Okay. But sometimes you'll hear Larry David's. Anyway, I've heard that happening before, but this almost feels like a retcon. Yes. And not a good way. Like, they're it trying to erase been... the. Yeah the mistakes, if you will, of the earlier seasons. And if they only don't did like some it. of the
1: dialogue, like if, if you're, I don't know, if you're binging season one and it hops back and forth between who's doing the voice acting for your characters, that's I mean, that's really weird. weird. So really, I've got just one more fact about the TV series of the history. The fourth season starts in 1988 and they retitled the show Slimer! and The Real Ghostbusters. Uh, you're shaking mm. your head. I would like to shake my head along with you i'm wondering if this is more output from that consulting firm that was like kids love the friendly ghost we need more you and to be fair you know you and i've talked a lot in the 80s that the 80s is so much about these like this hidden monster companion or hidden alien companion you know flight of the navigator uh, et right. gremlins my pet monster you're all hiding your little pet monster so i'm wondering if they're like oh we need to focus on slammer because kids want to have slammer as a pet
0: it's definitely leaning into the gimmick of it all, for sure. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pandering is really what it is. It's pandering. And it's, a to me, a desperate attempt to save a show that they have driven further into the ground.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So now it's an hour time slot. So you still get the half an hour of the real Ghostbusters. But then on top of that, you get a half hour Slimer sub-series that has two to three animated short segments that follow just... Slimer this was, and, and it was animated by a completely different studio Wong Film Productions does this it's, it's softer it's less scary it's more youthful but it's a super different tone on the rest of the real Ghostbusters the series concludes October 5th 1991 it's the end of the real Ghostbusters anything else on the history of the cartoon before I jump on to the next phase
0: no, I think we should go to the next class, which I'm assuming is also renamed for this show. So I'm not going to call it chemistry until you tell me that's what it's called.
1: Well, wait, I'm not ready for history. Oh Wait, it's still, I'm is still Is this history. Egon's
0: Laboratory? Okay. No, no, no. All right. it's,
1: sec- it's second phase of history. We what? have to talk about the toys of oh, the Little Oh, okay, yeah, all right,
0: we've got more history. Okay, <laughs> more history. More history. So these were licensed
1: to Kenner. First hit stores for filling Christmas pre-orders in 1986. Uh, began being put on shelves in January of 1987. So now we're three years after the movies. And what a lot of people might not know if you didn't collect these toys, the toys aren't based on the movie at all. No. The toys that came out were all just on the cartoon. That's a very important thing, too. They had ten waves of the toys. And the uh, the toy line ended actually when Kenner and Hasbro merged in 1991. So mm. you've got a pretty narrow window of when these toys came out.
0: I mean, it's basically the same run of the show because the show's done in 91 too, right? Exactly.
1: So I'm very excited. I have dragged out from the dusty storage bins uh, in my house my original collection of Ghostbuster toys. Sorry, the real Ghostbuster toys. Because so no sh-
0: shock, Ben has them all still. I do have no quite surprises. A few.
1: Now, I realized if I tried to, like, walk you through this, that I was going to say over and over again, I'm missing the parts to blank. So I'm just going to give a nice boilerplate right now that I'm missing most of the pieces to everything. But since, you know, we're a great visual medium on this podcast, this is really exciting. I'm going to hold these up for you on camera to
0: show you some stuff. And obviously, Ben's going to put this on social media as the show is I out. So
1: drop some pics for sure.
0: Hi there, listeners. A quick note from editor Chris. In this next section, as Ben is sharing his toys, you're going to hear a lot of paper bag crinkling that we were not able to take out in editing. So our apologies in advance. But please enjoy, and we'll get back to our regular audio in the following section. Thank you.
1: We're talking January 87. You've got Wave 1, and this is the four original heroes. You've got uh, Stay Puft. You've got Slimer. So I've got, you know, I've got, I've got, here's a little Egon for you to see. Mm-hmm. And Ray, so exciting. Stay Puff is going to come back in chemistry class. But here's my okay. Stay Puff. This is one of the first things I got. Love but it. this has a sound effect. This is the Ghost Zapper, mm-hmm. which was a very cool little gun toy. This, I had to go out and buy these. Two C batteries, and then one of the crazy ones that's a square, the nine volts.
0: It's two C batteries and a 9-volt? And a 9-volt. I've can... never seen anything that mixes and matches battery types. That's fascinating.
1: And what I've learned is the 9-volt powers the sound, and the C-volts, um, the Cs, power the lights. So this guy makes awesome. sense. And I really wanted to play this on the podcast because the audio is going to bring you back nostalgia if you had this. But it's got, like, a viewfinder in it, like the old, like, red clicky guys. So this mm-hmm. thing spins and has a different ghost on it. You can focus with this... And uh, basically, when you pull the trigger, it would project a ghost on the wall. You can change the sounds. And there are like four or five different ghosts that light up. Anyway, Hmm. if you had this toy and you just heard that, your mind just melted getting to hear that again. Wave 2, later that year, Spring 87, they bring out one of the best of the entire series. The Ecto-1... Mm -hmm. there she is ready to ride mine is in terrible shape uh but it takes a little season two to get ecto-1 you get the ghost popper you get bad to the bone the skeleton who would kind of dance around sludge bucket banshee bomber squisher h2 and bug eye and i wanted to point out bug eye so bug eye was this purple ghost does this look familiar to you
0: does it like launch the eye or something yeah it did yeah you could like you could like pull this little eye out on a string it looks a little familiar yeah he has a very brief cameo in Ghostbusters
1: Afterlife. The bug guy, like flies out from a, an alleyway down the town during one of oh, the chases, okay. which I thought was very cool. It nice. was a nice little figure. Missed it, but cool. Now,
0: what's interesting about Wave
1: 2? Just real fast, I mentioned the Ghost Popper. This was based on technology that Kenner had tried in 1979 to compete with Nerf. They came out with finger pops, which were sort of like Nerf. The Ghost Popper comes out of Kenner's earlier failed attempt almost a decade before to compete with Nerf and make a Nerf product. And so they're trying it again. <laughs> and we got all this pop stuff lying around. Let's slap it on the Ghostbusters toys and see if it'll sell. There um, So Wave 3 is huge, though. And I know you're going to have comments about this. Christmas 87. You get the Firehouse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Arguably one of the coolest bases in toy history.
0: My firehouse mm-hmm.
1: is gone, but for some reason I still have the containment unit from it. Oh yeah. And I do have the sign that hangs out out front. Perfect. But you, you get the firehouse and the proton pack comes out.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is great.
1: My proton pack. My back's a little too big for it now, but I could still, you know, when I was a little when I was a little Ghostbuster, like <laughs> then, uh, I could do it. And the uh, the freight feature heroes. Basically the the heroes' faces could animate, they could move. Spring eighty-eight. I think this is classic. This is one of my favorites. This is wave four, and these are the haunted heroes. So these are like the humans that turn into ghosts. hmm And I have a bunch of these. I won't go through all of them. But of course, like, you've got the cop who opens up as a skeleton. You've got the football player whose back is a little terrifying one. I thought you would like. Have you seen this toy before?
0: I have. I wanted it as a kid.
1: This is the Mamma Jamma. So this is Highway Haunter. It's a yellow, uh, you know, what would you call this? VW Bug? It's a VW Bug, of course. Yeah, and you press the headrest, boom, it opens up, it's a praying mantis in car form.
0: Doesn't Janine or someone drive that car in the cartoon?
1: Oh, I think you're right. But I couldn't I couldn't find the episode where like, this car turns into a praying mantis. I don't know how that happens.
0: That almost reminds me of the Murray the Mantis episode, but they just decided to put him in a car. That's weird.
1: Yeah, I had the same question and concern about that. Uh, but anyway, you get that great lineup and some really, some cool ones. January 89, Wave 5. This is where it gets really weird. You get the Universal Monster lineup, which again, like, was not really for this. I didn't have a lot of those, but I do have a mummy, and I do have sort of like a zombie. Okay. From the Universal Monsters lineup. So now you get the Screaming Heroes, which would come with sort of like a monster, an alien that could like plug into them a ghost, and it would make them sort of spin around once you wind up. It was a strange toy. Uh new vehicles, Wicked Wheelie and Air Sickness. Wave six. Spring, summer, eighty nine. Probably the most popular toy from this time is the Fearsome Flush, a toilet that had a monster and a ghost inside of it. That's probably the most notable from that from that series. The Fearsome Flush.
0: Much like the cartoon, you can see this toy line quickly devolve.
1: Right, right, kind of after seasons two and three. But I do like the the haunted humans from wave four. I think those are kind of fun. Like the granny who turns into a monster. Yeah, that might be the last good wave. This is what's really strange to me, though. Wave seven, summer of 89. It's not till then when you get the ghost trap.
0: That is surprising. Right. Because they've given you the zapper and the proton pack. Right. It's one of the most iconic Ghostbusters tools. Yeah, you'd think that'd be in, like, one or two. Absolutely. It glows in the dark, which is very cool. You can fit a lot of
1: the ghosts inside of it. It's pneumatically uh, up. When you
0: step on it, it opens? If
1: you have a working
0: one, yes. Fair.
1: Uh, fair. My cord's all bunched up, so there's no air going through it. But it takes it a long time. And I just thought that was really weird that it was the seventh wave years later.
0: There has to be some reason why. Like, they couldn't get it to work correctly. Because you'd think they'd just want to capitalize on that right away. Oh, Totally surprising
1: you start to get some weird vehicles like this is the ecto-3 it looks like a dune buggy and it's had little paddles to it looks like ghosts. a
0: go-kart it just looks like yes. a go-kart
1: go-kart much more accurate you get these super fright features which introduces janine melnitz who um now when you hit a button like scary things happen to them inside helmets
0: oh my god very strange i don't know, I don't so know why ridiculous. this is happening
1: and here's the thing there's still three more waves like they're not giving up but i start to give up So, Wave 8, you get some really, some weird vehicles. Uh, You get the Ghost Sweeper, which is like a street sweeper.
0: Okay, that looks, that is weird. It's very strange, right? And then you get
1: Ecto 500, which looks like if um, Speed Racer had a ghost-busting car. It's like a little race car. It's like
0: a cartoony Formula One car, yeah.
1: Yes! Wave nine, you get the slime heroes, which are, if you got your Ghostbusters wet, um, they'd actually, like, change color. Like, they'd they'd be inked to look like they got slime. You get a great kid's toy, the Ghost Grabber, which is, like, your old school classic robot grabber handle thing.
0: I just said, that's what, like... Old people who can't reach things used to, like, pick stuff <laughs> off the ground <laughs> or, like, up high. That's exactly—it's just a kid's version of that.
1: It's a purple one of those. Absolutely.
0: 100%. Like, but you buy cool. at a drugstore.
1: So, so now Ghostbusters 2 has come out. So they do reissue the exact model of Ecto-1 and call it Ecto-1A, which is v- 100% the same freaking toy. It just comes with a bunch of stickers to put on I was going to say
0: 2,000 stickers a is what it comes with. Two thousand
1: stickers, but it's all the exact same. What breaks my heart the most is the red Cadillac fins are missing. Like those classic red fins from Ecto. I can't find those. I actually texted a friend the other day who I know has a 3D printer and I was like, could you make me a 1989 Ecto-1 fin? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And I don't know why I have this, but from wave 10, the final wave, I do have the ghost nabber which is like a box and then this was some sort of Tool to help catch ghosts. Kind of looks like in the movie when Vankman goes into Sigourney Weaver's apartment and he's like squeezing oh, the bulb.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kinda looks like what he's got around his shoulder. The a wand bit. thing doesn't, but that kinda does, you're right. Right, yeah,
1: exactly. And that's it. So Wave Ten also has the glow heroes, so they it's the four ghostbusters who glow in the dark, ecto bomber, ecto headphones with a radar blaster, and that's it. And then they, they bring it all home. Last but not least, there's some other licensing that happens, too, that I just want to touch on. We've got a series of comics. I do have two of those to show you. So I have Ghostbusters 3D comic with, like, the classic goggles, which is great.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually
1: have a sticker collector's album from the real Ghostbusters. which nice. art, it actually looks sort of like um, a Mad Magazine's approach to artwork.
0: Yeah, it's not the styled animation of the show at all. Right, right. It's a little different. Interesting. A little
1: different. But they also did a nightlight AM FM radio, bubble bath and sponge sets, Play-Doh. I sent you the commercial for that. So there was a very cool Play-Doh set where you could sort of make the different Ghostbusters with Ecto-1 as a printer. And of course, Hi-C Ecto Cooler. Do you have any knowledge of Hi-C Ecto Cooler?
0: I remember it. I don't remember anything about it. I just remembered it existed. I probably drank it. Probably. It
1: came out in 89, spinoff of The Real Ghostbusters, features Slimer. It was a repurpose of High seas Citrus Cooler, which has been around since the 60s, and actually did really well and continued well on beyond the cartoon. They actually tried to bring it back about seven years ago,
0: and it lasted for about like a month, and then it disappeared. Never got my hands on it. I mean, we liked it as a kid, but it wasn't good. There's many better drink options these days. And we did a poll
1: on Instagram to see if people liked Hi-C Ecto Cooler and sure. uh, Split Room. It 50, was Split. Torn yeah. audience on whether that was a good drink or not. Mm-hmm. That, my friend, and co-host, and associate paranormal investigator, is the history of the real Ghostbusters.
0: We made it. That was quite extensive. I want to get to chemistry class and talk more about this cartoon. I've been itching. I've been itching.
1: Do you mean you want to go down to the hall to studies in paranormal activity?
0: Yes, sure. <laughs> I knew you were going to call it something. I was okay. going to call it Egon's Laboratory, but this is that's better.
1: Well, here, let's hop in my Ecto-3 go-kart and we'll drive <laughs> down
0: the hallway. I'm going to get on that monster toilet and ride that all the way down. <laughs> that looks like a wild ride.
1: so you just heard me very patiently walk through 10 waves of action figures.
0: Actually, you you just listened to me listen patiently while you talked very enthusiastically. Very enthusiastic. I don't think you were patient. You were very excited. I was very excited.
1: That's okay. Did you though have any of these toys or had friends who had toys? Were there toys in the store? You were trying to uh, sneak in in the middle of the night and steal them. What do you remember the action figures?
0: I had a lot of these. So I had the Ecto-1. I had the yeah. car, the original, not the 1A. I had the Firehouse somehow. We didn't have a lot of big playsets, but somehow I got that one. I must have really complained. My pester power was in full <laughs> it was swing. It exceptional. That Christmas or birthday or whenever that I got it. So I love that Firehouse. I played with it all the time. I had the original Peter... I think I had the original Ray. Okay. And for Winston and Egon, I had the one where you squeeze the arm and, like, Winston's head would spin around and his mouth would get big. Like, he's like, no! Right, right,
1: right. And then I
0: think with. Egon, you'd squeeze his arm and like his tie would fly up and maybe his mouth would open too. The tie breaks off very easily on that one. The tie does break off very easily. Now, I say this because my friend and I would play a lot and he had some of the toys and I did. What I cannot remember through the ages is which toys were his and which were mine. Oh, So some of these I'm a little... I know I had the original Peter for sure. That's the only one I can really stand by. However, I know for sure I had the Ecto-1 and I know for sure I had the... um, Firehouse. Firehouse. I think my friend had Ecto-2, the copter. But as I mentioned before, we used to like mix and match toys of the same size. So I Mm -hmm. would also play with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I had the van.
2: (gasps) Oh, yeah. And I had
0: the Goons like convertible like caddy. It's also like an old 50s styled. And I think he had that VW. So like we would intermix those and there was a line of Batman toys. So we would play like just a massive mashup. But I love those toys. I freaking... I wanted, but never had the actual like the proton pack and the zapper and oh, the yeah. trap like the life size ones. I I know I really wanted those at some point, but never had them. I failed to get it out for the episode,
1: but I do have a uh, jumpsuit that goes along Ooh. with the. It's like the tan jumpsuit that goes along with the. For sure. Proton pack. Now, like v- listeners, you might know this, but if you didn't live through the eighties, like to get the base for any toy line was a big deal if that was your jam you know very expensive right to get the sewer for the turtles to get the bat cave for batman oh well, do you bit... remember the aircraft carrier for gi joe God, thank you i was just trying to think of what that it was, was for gi joe That thing was a beast huge but you got your hands on the firehouse which is one of my greatest toy collecting sadnesses is that i don't know where it is i lost it yeah. um, what made that firehouse such an awesome toy
0: You just didn't have a lot of those things, right? You didn't have, you had to make up bases with like pillows and books and you just had to like construct them from your room or the living room or whatever, steal stuff from your parents' room. And they were like, where'd you put all my books? You know, whatever. So you had to like create this stuff and it's not as fun. Like the fact that this was an actual base, it had the fire pole. Yeah, and I think they even had like a... There's a platform and it was like a spiral. So the person would like spin around as they descended on the fire pole. For some reason, I have the platform. You have the platform. But I don't not have the, anything else. Not the rest. <laughs> I just think they're cool because you didn't have a lot of those environments. So if you had Gray Skull, you know, He-Man's castle. Yeah. How freaking cool was that? You actually got to have a environment to play in rather than just the characters or the vehicles.
1: Oh, totally. Now the vehicles here's i've never been able to explain this i'm not a gearhead i'm not a mechanic i can't work on vehicles but there's something like where i've always been really drawn to pop culture vehicles i love Mm. spaceships that show up in sci-fi i love the cars and a lot of things
0: what about the batman like the 88 Uh, batman the batmobile could do not an episode
1: a whole podcast series arguing about the differences and supremacies of the different batmobile designs throughout the decades I love what, what happened to Batmobile's vehicles.
0: And that original Nikita one, though, was oh, just... Oh, so good. Oh, so good.
1: And actually, I do like a lot of the Batman that I just saw last night. The new Batmobile is, like, very cool in a very different way. But I, let's get back to vehicles. Ecto-1. Well, tell me how you feel about that as a, as a vehicle and as a toy. What, what do you thought of Ecto-1?
0: I mean, once again, I could talk all about that vehicle. I think it is one of the coolest fictional vehicles ever. Yes, even absolutely. though I just spawned over the Batmobile, Ecto-1, there's just something about it. It's that style of car. It's from an era where they made cars to look very interesting and stylish and have yes. a lot of features that are not functional, but just look freaking cool. And it's a hearse. So you already have the death aspect to it. And then- <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, right.
0: Arguably the best siren ever.
1: I can't even do it, right, but it's so iconic. It's
0: so you got to do on the good. up. But anyway, I just think it's a very iconic vehicle. I mean, the time machine is great. The '80s gave us a lot of these yes. cool vehicles. But even still, I think Ecto One's maybe, if not my favorite, definitely in the top three.
1: I love it. I concur. I am in possession of four editions of Ecto One. I have Ecto One, Ecto One A from the toy line. I have um, – they came out – Lego came out with a full set when Afterlife came out. I've yet to build it, but that's waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we'll get into contemporary culture, but they can re-release of Ecto-1. I've got that. That's right. That's I right. agree, though. It's an amazing vehicle. And what's interesting, like, the, the, the vehicle's missing a lot of like the color palettes from the cartoon. Right. You know, all the little equipment on top. It has the chair. This used to have the little ghost blaster lasers on it. Those are gone. Mm. But I, I don't know if you remember this. There's a really cool mechanic with Ecto-1 that is thing. So if you open the trunk, and there's a claw that comes out on a string. So Ecto-1 came with a little orange ghost that this claw fits around. But then, if you adjust the tailpipe on Ecto-1, if you slide it over, and then it drives forward... It reels in the claw to bring the ghost into the backseat of Ecto. yeah. I
0: think I do remember that. I
1: thought that was real subtle, real small, but really smart. So we talked about how great Ecto is. What do you think of the toy line overall?
0: Like I said, I think it devolves over time. They get more desperate for gimmicks, which is fairly typical. They can't really introduce new Ghostbusters and all that kind of stuff. So they just, I don't know. I I think, you know, the toys from that era were really cool. I, I think they were a lot of fun. But probably the original sets are the best. And then, yeah, they just kind of get progressively a little cheesier, silly, and I don't know. I, I could not see myself as a kid ever really enjoying those kind of toys. I probably thought they were dumb. You know, just like, eh, yeah. this is dumb. I, I like the originals. I, I, just, I like the no gimmick, the no fuss, just true to form kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think it's similar with the TV series, which we're about to get into. But, like, the first few waves, the first couple of seasons, the first couple of waves are, like, are great There's, like, a lot of creativity. The toys are really cool. They're really detailed. There's, like, um, creativity. Again, like, I love all the stuff that turns into a ghost, like the vehicles and the people who turn into ghosts.
0: Mm.
1: But, yeah, I think it starts to go downhill a little bit. I think there's something about these toy lines, personally for me, too, that makes me – I think I really think of my grandparents, which is really weird with this toy line. Hmm. Plus, I went through my my old photographs, and I sent you a bunch – you can see me on Christmas morning opening these over a few years, or like my birthday when I'm home visiting my grandparents. I just remember playing with the Ghostbusters toys all over that house and in the basement and in the backyard. And that's where yeah. all my Ghostbuster adventures were. So it really takes me back to the holidays at my grandparents' house.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: But it doesn't stop with the toys, because now we need to talk about the show, right?
0: Well, and I think you chicken and egg this one, because really, I like most 80s cartoons... It's only right. there to do what? Right. To the sh- sell the toys. The
1: show, which shows how effective it was, because in my natural brain, I started off by showing the toys, and I was like, oh yeah, right, the show.
0: show well, I would say effective. similar to Dino Riders, my guess is a lot of people know the Toys Dino Riders more so than the cartoon. Yeah. Having said that, that yeah. was only on for, what, 13 episodes, and this was on for uh, 100 and some, you said? Like a 140, gazillion. I think? yeah, yeah. A yeah. lot, for many seasons. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about it.
1: So... I felt really fortunate for this topic because about a little over a decade ago, I got the collection of The Real Ghostbusters off eBay. I think it's one of the only things I've ever bought off eBay. Okay. But only when we did this assignment did I learn it's not a complete collection. Oh. It came with like seven or eight discs. Once I got in there, it's just sort of a selection from each season.
0: And oh. i am missing a lot of the episodes. Interesting. Okay.
1: That guy got his money and made a run to Cancun. Like, I'm not going to to track that guy down. When you were a kid, like, did you watch this show
0: growing up? I remember watching it. I don't remember thinking it was super great. Like, I don't think I didn't like it, but it's one of those things. You're a kid, you're flipping through the channels. There's a few things that are on. Oh, Ghostbusters, I'll watch this. Yeah. I don't remember being as drawn to it as I was to the toys or to the movie. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely watched this show as a kid. I've tried to never miss an episode. I was really into it. Again, with the toy line. These were a lot of fun. We're going to get into it. But, you know, they're a little hit or miss, the episodes. They're not not all winners. Oh, for sure. Um, But it was great. And I think sound design is great in it, too. Like, they've got the Ghostbusters theme song. But with the animated series, you get to layer in the sound of Ecto-1. You get Mm -hmm. the sound of the proton packs that are layered into it. I personally... When I'm like, what gives me nostalgia for Ghostbusters, the animated cartoon show hits harder for me than the movie, like the Ray Parker Jr. Because it's got like Hmm. sound effects from all the different vehicles and weapons and stuff, which is really cool. Okay. So to get ready for Paranormal Activity class this week, I tried to find rankings of uh, the real Ghostbusters episodes. And frankly, you know, we are getting to an age in this series where there's not a lot of content out there written on it. It's starting to fade, in my opinion, into the background and moving forward. But um, I did find a couple of top 10 lists, Slash Film and Monkey Fights Robots, <laughs> that I could follow a list. And what I found hard about this is, like, I'm not going to go through every single episode I watched, but these are the top 10 lists. So these are have got to be better than the other ones. Right. And most of these were pretty good. So it's, it's hard for me to make a really good subjective like opinion on the whole run of the series. Because I only watched the ones that were recommended to be really good. And I don't remember many of the, like any others
0: off the top of my head. Does that make sense? It does. I had issues with even the ones I watch, which I think are going to overlap somewhat with yours. Yeah. Um, I don't have a box set. I had to look them up on YouTube and you can basically only find season one and two and not all the episodes. Anything after that, you really can't find anything more than like clips. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get to watch them all.
1: And they are really hard to get. Like you said, the clips, the YouTube, the there's a more contemporary box set on Amazon, and it still only has like 75% of the episodes on it. Like, I don't know hmm. why you can't get your hand on these episodes. I don't know why they've made it so difficult. But I watched seven episodes from season one, six episodes from season two, and then one each from seasons three, five, six, and seven I wanted to see. And I actually ended up watching the series finale two-parter to extreme Ghostbusters in the 90s hmm. just to see what it was like. And to your point, and as as we dive in here, Slash Film and Monkey Fights Robots, and every list I could find, most of the best episodes are from season one and two. Like yep. the ones that are really well praised and liked, you know, they got all their good ideas out of the gate in the first two seasons. And then, of course, Consulting Company, season three forward. Oh,
0: I think that's what happened. I think,
1: I think that's, that's what, what
0: really ruined it.
1: Yeah. So a couple of overalls. I just love all the 80s, like, random music that comes in, like live singing bands for montages yeah every
0: episode has a music montage where there, it's usually an action scene and just some random 80s castic song comes on they're not what? 80s songs you would know no it's not like Sheena Easton pops on or Cyndi Lauper it's just some no. random 80s-esque song you know totally they, we're gonna go down to the street you know something like that and they're just the. Like, it's so weird and I think every episode has it at least again Maybe they got rid of that in later seasons, but at least in the ones I saw, I think every episode had that.
1: First of all, that was a perfect impression. That was on point for exactly what these are like. They're out of nowhere. They are yeah. pop songs where they sound like, oh, I might have heard this on the radio, but you
0: haven't, but it's a full right.
1: live band and they're not even singing about what's going on.
0: Like, it's so- a little bit like Muzak. It's like an imitation yes! of real music. Like it, <laughs> It sounds kind of right, but it isn't right. Yeah. I only had this realization after
1: watching about a dozen of these episodes. I just love, and this is to this is to stay in line with the action figures, but I love how the Ghostbusters are wearing their proton packs everywhere, always, and nobody is freaking out. Sure. They have giant weapons on their packs. You got
0: to be ready. You got to be ready. <laughs>
1: always ready, and everyone's like totally cool with it.
0: <laughs> so Ben, how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like? Do you want to talk about episodes? Like, how do you want to get into this? Let's just go back and
1: forth with episode commenting. Okay so I also think early on Vankman has a couple of quotes that I thought were just funny I, I wrote down he's saying to Janine remind me to pay you sometime so I can cut your salary I thought that was a good line and uh, he's yelling at Egon and he says tell me what you're working on or I'll tell Slimer you've got a cupcake in your socks
0: and then he's like lasagna oh wait Las- I'm sorry that's the other character I'm sorry. I, I'm not saying this guy's not a good voice actor. I'm just going to say all these other people have voiced many other people. And, of course, Frank Welker is a very hard person to judge everyone yes. against because the man does a trillion voices. It's felt a little lazy to me. It sounds exactly like the Garfield character. It does character. sound exactly like Garfield. which To so really the point where I like. was very annoyed. I was like, is Garfield uh, in this yeah. or is it Peter Venkman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But apparently there's some Dave Coulier hate on the really? inner tubes. Did not like, at, at least a, a, from one YouTuber that I was commenting on it, well, not a Dave Coulier fan. Wow. Okay. I think this is a little bit better, but I think he didn't fine. seem to like it.
1: I'm kind of okay with both of them.
0: I think what is really cool overall, before we get into some episodes, I just want to say, yeah. I do like that they make some attempts to tie back into the movie. Yes. How do they do that? Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man is in several episodes, as a matter of fact. But Stay Puffed comes back. They reference Gozer quite a bit. Like they They'll have little Gozer comments here and there. Also, did you watch the episode take two? Yeah, exactly. Go for it. So uh, the episode take two is the gang is like fighting ghosts, but they're late to go to this Hollywood studio where they're making a movie about them. There's a side story that to waste time where they're chasing <laughs> to a, waste a ghost that's under like the under the stage, blah, blah, blah. It's right. boring. Anyway, right. you get it's to boring. the end. And, you know, they're watching the movie and it comes up and it's the actual opening to the movie. The it's real awesome. The 1985 movie. It's awesome. And it shows like a little bit of it. And then it switches back to the cartoon Vankman He's like, that guy doesn't even sound like me. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Like, basically, they're sort of retconning it. Like, they're the real Ghostbusters, and the movie was about them. I thought that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, to that point, like, so Take-Two does a great job of that. Citizen Ghost, is it picks up right after the movie finishes. That's right. And so it explains, like, why Slimer is a good ghost and he lives with them. It explains why they all have different colored jumpsuits versus the tan ones. Like, Citizen Ghost is kind of cool to transition into the animated
0: And it's nice that they do make some attempts to describe some of that stuff. I mean, the reality of the different color suits is so that kids could differentiate the characters. I mean, why is Egon a blonde all of the sudden? Yeah, wait, what the heck was that about? Ray's got like gingery brown hair. And, you know, I think Venkman, his hair is pretty much the same color as Murray's. And then I don't think they do anything to Winston's hair. Like he's No, he's pretty much the same guy. You know, it, it's just interesting that they're like, oh, we got to put them in different color suits. <laughs> otherwise, the kids won't know. And I will attribute some of that to what I would call not the best consistent animation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just within a show, not from episode to episode. Within an episode, there's some scenes where I'm like, Oh, that barely looks like Peter. Ooh, that barely looks like Egon. And I think it's reminiscent of that era, but it's definitely a jankier animation than you get, like, say, with... Family Guy or South Park or The Simpsons. I mean, yeah. Obviously, those shows have grown over the decades, but still.
1: I would have forgotten that, and I'm really glad you brought that up. So, like, the animation quality is really interesting and hard for me to parse. A, because my transfer is really bad on my DVDs from eBay. So, like, mm. they're just crappy. So they look bad. And again, I'm watching
0: them on YouTube, so it's even yeah, worse. Sure.
1: But you're right, in some episodes, like just within the episode, there's variation. But it's like the style as a whole, it's hard for me to describe. It's not fantastic. Like, this is a time when we were starting to get anime out of Japan, which was phenomenal animation and really impressive. And we're not on that level. But it's better than Dino Riders. Like, it's you know, like, like Dino Riders, you'd see a dinosaur freeze and stand still. And then it would like lasers would come out of the side of it. And that would be a shot. I don't know if I would agree with that.
0: Really? Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know if I would agree with that.
1: It varies. I would call it middle of the road. I didn't find it terrible, but it's not up to par with what we were seeing around that era coming out from other parts of the world. Sure.
0: So I do appreciate that they made those tie-ins to the yeah. movie and try to like make it part of this bigger universe. That was really cool. What I struggled with on some of these is it just felt meandering. Like Slimer's really just there for little Ugh. kids to laugh. Yeah. And the fact that they lean into that in the later seasons after... Q5, the evil marketers come in and ruin everything. <laughs> it's a little Jar Jar Binksy where it's like, let's have this goofball character doing wackadoo things that the kids just <laughs> can't not laugh at. You know, you just, you imagine that person in a board meeting, like, the kids are going to hearty heart chuckle all the way to the oh book. You know, it's God. just like, give me a break. I
1: agree. Slimer is not helping. I don't like Slimer in this.
0: I think that Peter joking was... Pretty solid for the most part, again, from the first couple of seasons. I did, you know, you mentioned a couple of his jokes. There were a couple I didn't write down, but I was like, that's kind of a fun little zinger or whatever. a little chuckle. You know, which again is a little reminiscent of Bill Murray and his sarcastic delivery of practically every line. So I thought that was a a cool nod, but like those aspects and just not utilizing Janine as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I definitely like the earlier season Janine where she's like movie Janine. She's great. And, you know, they kind of dumb her down and make her more matronly or whatever the word is. Matron. <laughs> but there were some good episodes. Like, one of them I really liked. Did you watch The Boogeyman Cometh? Yes. That's a weird looking monster. But yeah. Oh, my totally. God. is terrible. Like, n- most of the monsters aren't scary. And again, this is nearly 43-year-old Chris talking, but like sure. most of the monsters weren't scary. But that, I think as a kid, that would have creeped me out. It's a terrifying. It's like the goat hooves,
1: but a giant head, right?
0: And the big nose yeah, thing. like a giant head, like huge. And there's this whole backstory that Egon is like terrified of the boogeyman. Right. And he's been tormenting Egon throughout his like childhood into adulthood even. And it's voiced by the one and only Frank Welker. Excellent. I don't know how this guy still has a voice after this. Just the way he talked was Really creepy, and there's this great scene where to catch the boogeyman, they basically use Ray to oh, pretend right. to be a child to catfish the boogeyman in, in a bed. <laughs> he's like,
1: "Oh, you're a big child," or something like that. He whips over.
0: Yeah, and what's really funny is like as Peter's turning off the light, they're having this like dad son moment where he's like, "I don't want to go to bed." He's like, "Loosen up, son." Like it's just this really funny exchange.
1: Speaking of raspy voices and good episodes, so two of them that I thought were great were Mr. Sandman Dreamy a Dream.
0: I didn't get to watch that one.
2: That
1: guy has a voice like this. Like, and you just think he's going to die at any moment. (laughs) But Mr. Sandman Dreamy a Dream and Knock Knock. Did you see Knock Knock?
0: Oh, that's the Doomsday Door. The
1: Doomsday Door. Both of those are like really good. They're both kind of scary and like they feel like everything is on the line. Like, even in the Ghostbusters movie, you're like, ah. The traveler is going to destroy New York. Bummer. Both of these are like, all existence is going to end.
0: Yeah. And I like with Knock Knock, I like the idea that's like, you have construction workers tunneling for the subway. Very real grounded thing, right? <sighs> and it also, I don't think it's a nod to, and it may have come before, but it just reminds me of the Ghostbusters walking down the oh, totally, old the abandoned tunnels yes. in the second movie. But it just had this like grounded reality in it. But it's like, this great idea that you're tunneling under New York City and you find a doomsday door. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and the best part is the construction workers are like, We got a job to do. We can't go around this thing. And the door is basically like, You cannot open this door until basically the end of the world. Great. Right. And the and the guys are like, We ain't got time for this and then they open the door because they're basically trying to do their job. And that's this that feels very New York. I like <laughs>
1: it. Just said, we're trying to do a job here. Doomsday we got a job.
0: Door. Hey lady, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> we got a tunnel through here. Come on. Uh, this
1: This is one of the episodes I actually did remember watching as a kid. A, because it was just so dramatic, but the animation is really good in this one, I think. I also Mm -hmm. remembered very much like the haunted subway cars kind of coming out of the subway full of people. Oh, that's right. They become like
0: giant worms. Yes, like that really
1: stuck with me. Those two were good. Another episode you want to bring up, Bad Good?
0: Well, I don't want to reveal the big one too soon, but it's so great. Collect Call from Cthulhu. That was next on my list. Very good timing. A great reference to Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned the Necronomicon, like it's sort of they the do. launch point for this whole thing where the boys battle Cthulhu. It's awesome. And even like the cult of Cthulhu is there. Yeah. They're the ones who are like trying to bring it back. And like they go to Arkham and team up with a spell slinging scholar. <laughs> yeah. And they fight him next to the Cody Island roller coaster, which they end up using with lightning to zap Cthulhu. It's kind of a, I'm shocked they took on Cthulhu in this cartoon. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, And kind of at the end of the day, they learned, like, we're not up to it. Like, they needed extra help and the the spellcaster.
0: This is the ancient one. This is an elder thing. (laughs) One does not simply defeat Cthulhu. Yeah, you're not just going to cross the streams for Cthulhu. Gozer is like nobody compared. Nobody. And I think they, they make, make a joke about it. Yeah, they make a comment about it. What like, is it? Do you remember what it is? This like, thing
1: makes Gozer look like, I don't know, it's like a walk in the park or something like that.
0: Yeah, something like that. The two things I love about this
1: episode, first of all, you talked about using a shot from the movie in take two. In this one, they start off with the lion out front of the New York Public Library and they pan out to the library, just like
0: the first shot from the movie which I thought was No, that's cool. This is another one I wanted to watch and couldn't find the full episode. So I only got to see like the big battle moment and a few other pieces. So that's cool. I like that.
1: And then I definitely, this is another one I remember as a kid. When Vankman is riding the roller coaster to try and get up to Cthulhu to shoot him in the face to get closer. I
0: remember that as a kid. It was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: We only have one more episode that I have to comment on, but it's near and dear to your heart and I don't think you got to watch it fully. Knowing your your different preferences in the animal kingdom, I did have to watch The Revenge of Murray the Mantis.
0: Again, saw parts of it, not the whole thing.
1: So, shockingly, I think it's one of my favorites of all the ones that I watched. You're gonna have to borrow my disc so you can watch it.
0: Notable because who shows up in this episode?
1: So that's what's crazy! So Murray is this praying mantis that's a balloon from like a Macy's Day Parade. It gets haunted. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. And it's eventually so big, the proton packs have no effect on it. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, they're, we only have one other option. Let's just release Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and make them fight. <laughs> and
0: they do, yeah.
1: and it's insane. Yeah. And so they're like talking to Slimer on a mic on a headset, and Slimer's coaching Stay Puff in the fight. It's ridiculous, but super fun. It's really fun. And I think as a kid, what makes that episode so great is like coming out after the movie, the idea that you would release the big bad from the movie right. to help fund something else, which seems like silly, like, oh, it's a praying mantis that's an inflatable balloon. It's just exciting. It's huge. There's a lot on the line.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, marshmallow's got to fight air, right? Gotta...
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> Any yeah, other comments from the episodes? You know, just another one. There's one called Drool the Dog-Faced Goblin. Yes. What? So I watched that. Yes. Again, didn't get to see the whole one, but this is one that's supposed to be one of the the better episodes. And basically the idea is there's a good goblin that's mistaken for a bad one. It's getting blamed for all of these things. At the end, they realize it's the bad one. And the good goblin, Drool, basically sacrifices itself to trap... The bad guy yeah. and gets sucked into the ghost trap with it. And of course their explanation is once they're in the unit together, they're forever merged together. Yeah. So it's an ultimate sacrifice, which is not true because you just mentioned how they brought back yes. the stafe of marshmallow man. So it's an interesting idea for a kid's cartoon, but it doesn't hold to the internal logic of the show. It just it kind of took me out of air quotes reality but <laughs> the reality the of a real cartoon Ghostbusters, show come on. but i think everyone knows what i'm talking about when you when there's a franchise where it's like these are the rules and they break their rules for yeah. reasons yeah that's frustrating as a viewer maybe as a kid i wouldn't notice that but definitely adult chris was like well that's a bummer well
1: that's ridiculous and to be fair like i the same thing where like i saw that it was one of the best rated episodes of all time and i watched and i was like that's okay like, yeah I don't, I don't
0: like it as much as a bunch more that i watched I agree. Like maybe not as good as some of the other episodes.
1: So I would say like as a, as a final takeaway in chemistry for me from the TV show, is like, I, I was impressed with the variety of writing. Like there are a lot of, we only know two Ghostbusters movies. And then afterwards, like arguably one of them was just a rehash, a reboot of the story with different characters. And afterlife is trying something new, which we'll get into, but like, I personally was just impressed with the variety of stories and how it wasn't just like, here's a new ghost. Let's cross the streams and zap them again. Like there were, there was character development. There were new tools, new weapons, places, very different types of behaving ghosts. I, I liked the variety in the plots. I thought it was good.
0: Well, yeah, you got to buy all the play sets and toys, buddy. That's true.
1: But yeah, they got to they really milk it.
0: I do agree. I think that was the impressive part. And again, it sounds like, I wish I could have viewed some of the later episodes to see if there was truly a decline in the yeah. quality. I think the animation style gets a little better, which is typical of any show. But yeah, I I think that was an impressive aspect of it. I like that, again, they tied into the universe. Like even Walter Peck comes back for an episode. That's what I
1: read! I did not see that one, but I have read that.
0: Again, I only caught like a little snippet of that one, so I couldn't really weigh in on it too much. But just the fact that they made the tie-ins and that the sounds were similar, like you mentioned, as well as the theme song, I think, lent a lot to it feeling like it was in that universe, which is cool. Totally. The
1: other thing I'm wondering, do you see yourself reflected in any Ghostbuster characters?
0: I feel like this comes up with every, which golden girl are you? <laughs> yeah, which, <exactly>. uh... <laughs> this
1: is my BuzzFeed survey for you. Is which <laughs> Ghostbuster are you? Because,
0: you know, I like to be kind of a smart aleck. I do. I like that aspect of Peter Venkman's character. The kind of mm-hmm. just salty, snappy comebacks. I like that. You're a Ray. I can see that. You're a ray because you get really obsessed about something and you know all the things about it and you're like this is this is this, this and the enthusiasm and the excitement for it because Egon is too like in his head. You're not that. I don't. I mean, you do have some smart like, aspects of like a Venkman. but I just I, you're a total ray.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not enough of a gearhead or ground. I'm not as grounded as Zedmore. Zedmore's always like, let's chill. Here's what else it's gonna be. Everybody be cool. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah, not like, calm enough to be zen. Step here.
0: back for a minute. Yeah. Like that's one big Twinkie, right? <laughs> that's one
1: that's one big Twinkie. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we did we did a poll on Instagram to see what the class of 80s high thought, and a lot of people came back the same way, Vankman. A lot of people relate with the thing. But here's the thing vankman is intentionally written to be the everyman. Like in the movie, Peter Vankman walks in, well, he's friends with them, but he just kind of does it because maybe he can get with Sigourney Weaver and he doesn't take it that seriously. He's supposed to be the relatable one out of the Ghostbusters. That's true. Well, friend, we have gone through Tobin's Spirit Guide. We have made it through a class in Paranormal Activity. But now we need to go to what happens next. Some might say afterwards. Some might say afterlife in
0: contemporary culture. But first, I heard in the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Pink slime has been shaped into chicken nuggets. Oh, no. There is a green jello mold and an ecto cooler on our trays ready for us to consume.
1: And if you play lifting Me Higher, it'll dance for you
0: across the table. It'll be great. That's perfect.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, let's go grab a snack before we jump into Afterlife.
0: I love it.
2: There's something strange in the neighborhood. So who you gonna call? The real Ghostbusters playset from Play-Doh.
1: Spook alert! Oh no! ghost that glow! Claw the X-O-1, Bagman
2: and Spangler here! We'll catch them with the ghost trap and put their lights down. Green ghost helps the others escape. There they glow again! The real Ghostbusters playset comes with everything you see here, including one can of green glow in the dark Play-Doh. New from Kenner. Well,
0: you know what's interesting? Like, Play-Doh... A lot of kids ate Play-Doh. That's true. Did you ever taste Play-Doh? I think I lived a year on Play-Doh. Back it was a heartache. little salty, wasn't it? Didn't Super it salty. look a little salty? So salty. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That commercial like unlocked a nostalgia memory that was gone. That was just totally gone. I had forgotten about the Play-Doh set, but the minute I saw that commercial, it brought back like the smell of the Play-Doh and that set and how you could press. Ecto-1 was sort of the mold for different characters. Mm. Oh, I forgot about that toy. That thing was awesome. Nice. So Afterlife, let's talk about what happened after the 80s for the Ghostbuster property. Specifically, and I'm going to try and focus on the real Ghostbusters. I, I'm not going to get into more yes. movies and that kind of stuff. So first of all, the real Ghostbusters, the animated series, has been repackaged a thousand times. There's been like a gazillion DVD releases of different combinations and whatever.
0: Apparently no definitive release. Yeah, give was that. entire oeuvre.
1: There's a pit somewhere of the Star Wars Holiday Special. E.T. the Atari game, and all the missing Ghostbusters episodes.
0: And the 16th line of Garbage Okay. <laughs> yes,
1: thank you. In 1997, so six years after the real Ghostbusters wrapped, we get the Extreme Ghostbusters,
0: produced extreme. by Columbia Drystar. That's a very, such a 90s. So on point for 90s. Oh my god. Everything was X, Gen X, extreme. The x 103 <laughs> The oh. X. Wait, so this is a cartoon? The Extreme Ghostbusters? Yeah, so
1: they come back with the Extreme Ghostbusters. So it carries over from the original, the real Ghostbusters. Egon Spangler is still there. Janine is still there. But basically, the plot says that the Ghostbusters were really effective and got rid of all the ghosts. And so Egon and Janine are there just kind of like keeping the lights on. But some ghosts start to show up. And so Egon is a professor at university, and he recruits his four most brilliant students to become and be the new class of Ghostbusters.
2: Interesting.
1: And uh, the show is pretty dang dark. It is very, like, whatever you think in your head is Extreme Ghostbusters is accurate. Whatever just popped into your brain. Like, it's very 90s animation. It almost reminds me of some animation a little bit of the real, uh, ah, real monsters, if you remember that on Nickelodeon. mm But it's gritty. It's grungy. It tries to be real punk rock. Like, one of the Ghostbusters is very goth. There's a lot of hmm. piercings happening. There's spiky hair.
0: They're definitely trying to appeal to... The 90s totally. kid crowd, right? New
1: intense weapons, all these kind of things.
0: Preteen. Yeah. yeah.
1: Unfortunately, it did not do that well. It premiered on September 1st, 1997, and it ran for just 40 episodes, concluding mm. December 8th, 1997, the same year, just like a few months later. It's, it's like still more much.
0: than that 1975 oh Ghostbusters my God. ran. 15 episodes, everybody. Yeah.
1: The, <laughs> we're the <laughs> Ghostbusters. That's, that's all I can remember from the theme song. It's terrible. Kong, the not-gorilla. The not-gorilla Kong. I did watch the the series finale two-part because I was just curious... It is called Back in the Saddle because they hmm. bring back the real Ghostbusters. Ray and Zedmore uh, and Vankman all come back.
0: Sorry, this is the finale for the Extreme, the Ghostbusters, Extreme Ghostbusters, not for the real Ghostbusters. Thank you. Got yeah. it. Got so it. they all
1: come back. And uh, honestly, I was shocked at how poignant and good I, I thought it was. Different voice actors? Um, no, they got... The, the, so I think it's Dave Coulier for sure. Okay. But they get, they get the real Ghostbusters to come back. Hmm. And it's all, like, the old school teaching the new school some stuff. The new school thinking the old school is, like, really outdated and old. But then, you know, they both, like, learn from each other things that could work for Hmm. both. I was actually quite impressed. But that's all. I Hmm. I was not an Extreme Ghostbusters fan. I can't say I watched much. Yeah. That's what I had for the show, for the toys. So in 2020, kind of out of nowhere, Kenner announces it's going to re-release the original Heroes stay puff marshmallow man and slimer as well as the proton pack the proton blaster and a ghost whistle i don't know what that is but like in now, the original, are these
0: the original molds
1: yeah so it's like the original okay. molds in the original packaging like the original brand wow. purple kind of cardboard now i'm a hundred percent sure i pre-ordered all four heroes when that got announced and I okay. never got my action figures.
0: Interesting. I went through credit
1: card statements. I went through my Walmart account because they were sold exclusively through Walmart. Yeah. And uh couldn't find it. But I swear I, I, I put that order in.
0: But you did get something. But I got
1: a second chance. So the next year, April 2021, Kenner does a second wave. They do Bug Eye, the little purple guy who shows up in Afterlife. Fearsome Flush, the toilet that I showed you. And then Ecto-1, which I've shown you this on a different episode before.
0: Indeed. But still
1: in box. Uh, oh. and it's just, it's just beautiful. You know what I wonder most about this is mm. inside this box, which I have yet to open. I loved with the old toy lines that you'd get like a little Kenner catalog that showed mm. all the other
0: toys you could buy.
1: Not just for oh, that yeah. line, but like all of Kenner's lineup.
0: Oh, that was me for Legos. Yes! Legos opening that thing and seeing all the vehicles and the, the sets. Catalog. and oh. It was so oh, yeah. cool. Oh yeah. I loved that. Are you going to open it? That's the question. Are I am you ever going to open it? Open it? Gonna, okay. I,
1: I will be passing it on as a Christmas present at some point to the next generation in our household.
0: The next Ghostbuster the in next. The oh,
1: that's a good way to put it. The next little, which is really the intention for this entire collection is I'm going to try and like wrap it all up and pass it on at different events and that kind of stuff. That's awesome. What I love uh, as we are the Midwestern gentleman that we are, I will show you this. In 2016, do you know where Kenner is based? No. Cincinnati.
0: Oh. Uh, and
1: am I sharing my screen now? Can you see this? I can. This is the 2016 mural Toy Heritage in Cincinnati, which is a tribute to all of oh. Kenner's contributions to pop culture. This is a huge downtown mural. And you've got Ecto-1 on here. You've got Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You've got the T-Rex from the from the Jurassic Park lineup. Play-Doh. Mr.
0: Potato Head. Yeah. You have Strawberry Shortcake and whoever her villain is. I think that's that's C-3PO standing over her. Care Bear, X-Wing. The state of Marshmallow Man is riding on Batman's back. He is getting a piggyback ride from Batman. That's super cool. Uh,
1: Of course, there were a great Kickstarter campaign not too long ago to do a Ghostbusters board game that Mm -hmm. did so well, Ghostbusters 2, and having both of those in our board game collection. A lot of the missions and the models in those games are based off the cartoon as well.
0: Okay, I was going to ask that. I was curious. Okay, interesting.
1: More so in the second game than the first, uh, but both have a lot of characters from the animated show, which and the models are based on the animated show, so it's cool. Oh, nice. And last but not least, as Ghostbusters Afterlife was getting ready to come out, both the real Ghostbusters and Extreme Ghostbusters were released onto the official Ghostbusters YouTube channel. So, had we picked this topic a year or two ago, we could have watched all of it on YouTube. Oh,
0: they're not there anymore. I think, I think they brought it back down. Oh, uh, okay. But you couldn't for a long time. Darn.
1: Well, I think all that's left to do then is to go back to the firehouse and, you know, put the ghost traps on the scale and see which one weighs more and then see how the real ghostbusters holds up today.
0: How about I flip on this PKE meter Ooh, and see... much better. Does it spike Ooh. or does it show us in the dead zone and we just burn out that nine volt plus two C batteries that are inside?
1: We're down here in Egon's lab, mm. analyzing the real Ghostbusters, trying to figure out how it holds up today, both the toy line and the cartoon show. Christopher,
0: do you have some thoughts you want to share with us? So I'm looking at the PKE meter, I pulled out the GIGA meter, I'm looking at the results. So, what was cool, the cartoon expanded the Ghostbusters universe, and as I mentioned, occasionally harking back to the movies and make it feel like a real extension of the world. I only wish they'd kind of done that more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, by all accounts, as we mentioned, the first two seasons were where the real storytelling happened, and those later seasons got dumbed down in a blatant attempt to recapture ratings. Mm Mm-hmm. Sadly, in the process, the characters turned into caricatures of themselves, mm-hmm. with some choices being highly questionable about the producers' perceptions of women and people of color. Mm-hmm. To that I say, no frickin' thank you. While it was neat to see the boys battle Cthulhu, struggle to close that Armageddon door, and face off against the truly creepy Boogeyman, mm-hmm. I kind of can't get over the silly dialogue, the repeated use of Slimer as a childish gimmick, Ugh, Slimer. And in that inconsistent and often shoddy animation. Mm. Though it was fun to check in on these episodes, I think the show does not fully add up, showing itself to be little more than a ghost of its other selves. <gasps> oh, dun dun dun. There is much more enjoyment to be had in the movies, the toys, as we've talked a lot about, yeah. comics, the games, that I think get more right about what makes this franchise so amazing. So, therefore, I do think the real Ghostbusters should remain in the trappings of the past where it belongs.
1: <laughs> and only to be released from the containment unit for some special uh, MacGyver deus ex
0: machina that we need. It's kind of like when Disney puts its movies in the vault. You know, they're like, it's going yeah, in the vault. Right, You'll never exactly. watch it again, dot, dot, dot. It's kind of the same thing. We're going to put this cartoon into the containment unit. Maybe in our darkest hour of need, we'll pull it back out. Yeah. Much like they pulled Stay Puft Marshmallow Man out and their time. Exactly. Ahead. You never know. Wake me when you need me.
1: I, uh, mine is a lot less thought out than yours. Yours was very, very well calculated. Poetic, some might even say. Now, having just revisited all this stuff, I find it on a bit of a sliding scale. Mm. I sort of find like the first few waves of toys and the first two seasons of the show are great. And you find that so much in creative content where like, you know, these writers have been sitting on ideas for years and now they finally have a a channel to get them out. And so you just throw all your good ideas out right out of the gate and then it does well because those are great ideas. And the powers that be are like, hey, make more. And you're like, ah, crap, that that was all my ideas. And so I don't know if that's the truth with what happened with the real Ghostbusters, but it just feels like, man, after you leave season two and they make all the changes, and I totally agree, like, the focus on Slimer, who speaks near-perfect English for the rest of the series, like, is just bad. The toys, pretty great. Again, I think the vehicles are awesome. The firehouse was great. and the first couple waves, I think after you leave the, uh, the people who turn into ghosts, it gets a little weird. But, mm-hmm. you know... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did it to such success where there are, like, a thousand Leonardos. There are, like, a thousand different Michelangelos. Like, Surf's Up Michelangelo, Space Michelangelo, Cowboy Michelangelo. And kids still wanted to get those. But I agree, like, the riffs on the Ghostbusters feel weird. Like, that a different weapon, or they come with a different ghost, or a different paint palette. But the idea, both going from, like, the vehicles and the firehouse and some of the really early-on ghosts to, like, the actual tools where you could pretend to be a Ghostbuster, I think there's some good variation there. That You get the proton pack, you get the jumpsuit, you get the trap, you get the ghost zapper. It's crazy sounds. And so, yeah, it's weird. I think this is the first time I've rated uh, a pop culture thing from on 80s high like this, where I can't talk about it in its entirety. It's really, Hmm. like, just the first, like, fifth of it is, I think, really great. And then just really starts to slide downhill there. But it gave me wonderful memories. I loved the property. I still do love the property. I find Ghostbusters to be so creative and innovative and interesting of people who are doing like, it's like super high-end sci-fi mixed with like blue-collar rat-catching in New York. (laughs) Like It's such, such a cool combination and so much room for creativity and as a kid i think ghostbusters fell into this line of like should i be watching this you felt a little dangerous you felt a little edgy because you were watching something about ghosts which was supposed to be scary and they were blasting them and like this was sort of um a coming of age event of like watching a cartoon that was a little darker for many like Mm. batman the animated series and 90s which was like really dark and heavier right so yeah so thank you for coming on this animated journey with me uh, through animation ink and plastic and uh, i really look forward to us on our our 70s podcast doing the ghost space busters uh, it's gonna be great yeah none's not that's not <laughs> gonna happen and kong totally not a gorilla tracy the gorilla a man in a gorilla suit good stuff well there's a break in the containment unit things are leaking yeah. out from the 80s Mm. What is the next property running down Fifth Avenue that you and I are going to have to chase down, break
0: apart, and bring back home to nostalgia? Funny you should talk about space, Benjamin. (laughs) Okay. Because following from your topic, I do kind of want to stay in the realm of animation. But this time, I want to go back to video games. It's been a while. It has been a while. Knuckle crack. Very excited. But in doing so, I've been thinking hard about 80s video games. As you know, and probably as our listeners know, a lot of these are a disappointment to revisit. We've talked about our barcade that we co-own, and we play these old games, and they're fun for like a couple minutes, and then you're like, okay. Okay. We've just come so far in games. But a game did come to mind that changes all of that. And it all started with a meteor crash landing next to a mansion and controlling the mind of its strange, mad scientist homeowner... Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay. Okay. ...and leading to Sandy the cheerleader being captured for a brain-zapping experiment. Oh man! So it's up to Dave to rescue his girlfriend by grabbing two friends of his choice to bust into the mansion and rescue Sandy. Will he go with a budding musician? The aspiring writer? The skilled photographer? The nerdy genius? Or the useless surfer dude? Well... We're in control, so we decide, and we best choose wisely because we'll be dodging the kooky Edison family of Weird Ed, Cousin Ted, Nurse Edna, and Dr. Fred, tangling with talking tentacles, deciding what to do with a pet hamster, and figuring out what that sentient meteor is up to. That's right, listeners, it's a wild ride of point-and-click puzzle solving, so fire up that Amiga... Turn on your Commodore 64 and blow into your Nintendo cartridge because we're going back to the 1987 video game classic Maniac Mansion.
1: Yes! I
0: just now clicked add to cart
1: and purchase on good old games. And I'm going to You be have d- it
0: on the barcade, buddy. It is on the barcade? You could play the Nintendo version. Oh, crap. It's technically 90s, but... But no, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, you have choices now, Ben. You could go back to more of the original that good old games would have, or you can play the Nintendo version, which is an adaptation of that original. Comes in the early 90s, but guess what? We'll hit the emergency button and allow it.
1: We'll allow it. We'll allow it.
0: So... That's what we have in store for our next episode, everybody.
1: And I love that it's a thread. We're going from like spooky ghosts to like the maniac mansion. Like this is perfect. This is a very good through line.
0: There's a lot of crazy things going on in that house. And we'll find out about it on the next episode of 80s High. Thanks everyone for listening to 80s High Podcast by Ben and Chris. Our theme song is by Greg Reed at gregreedmusic.com with vocals by Chad Bumford. Show artwork is by Alex Goddard at alexgoddarddesign.com. If you like the show, please support us by passing a note to a friend in your next class. Also, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help spread the
2: rumor. Stay radical!